Hello, g'day, and welcome to Party in China. This is Series 2, Episode 26. But, you know, I'm missing the subtitles. Several recent episodes were subtitled Party in Japan. I'm back in China in this episode, and I really don't want to be, so let's have the subtitle... I'm a person who used to be a pseudo-celebrity. Get me out of here. I had many reasons to rue my anecdote genes compulsion to return to Ganyu, but my weekly double lesson with the Aston seniors was not one of them. Two consecutive hours with my most advanced students made me feel like a proper teacher. I knew their names. I'd identified their strengths, their problems. I knew I was having a positive influence. But I didn't need two consecutive hours to do all that and was told not to progress to the next lesson as the students paid by the class. So advancing the syllabus meant a loss of profits long term. Instead, I started ending the lessons by teaching them songs. I was too fond of this lot to do things like Hello, Mother, Hello, Father, or you can leave your hat on, but I still wanted it to be fun, so started with Tony Basil's Hey Mickey, you know. Oh Mickey, you're so fine, you're so fine, you blow my mind, hey Mickey. And that went very well until we got to the line, any way you want to do it, I'll take it like a man. Which seemed inappropriate. I've recently read an interview in which Tony Basil denies that lyric and insists that she sang, I'll treat you like a man. Well, fair enough, it's her song, but that's not what anyone I knew heard. For my younger Aston classes, I developed a new technique to keep their attention. Based on how popular I was, when the balloons burst in my face outside Suguo supermarket. You see, the weather was getting very cold and the students wouldn't take off their coats, scarves or hats when they sat in the heated classrooms. So fairly soon they'd be drowsy and semi-dreaming. And when I noticed that, I'd pull a balloon out of my pocket and start stretching and playing with it. Then, every few minutes, I'd blow into the balloon, like I was going to blow it all the way up, but then act like I forgot about it and return to the lesson. They were wrapped. All eyes were glued to me as the balloon grew and grew and grew, until, at the point of bursting, they'd start covering their ears. In between puffs, I'd silently let some air out from the balloon as well to prolong the suspense, but eventually the balloon would burst. And that's when I'd hit them with questions, get them talking while they were too excited to remember to be embarrassed. I would try and time the Big Bang for a few minutes before the bell and then sweep out in triumph. I mentioned the cold, but didn't nearly do it justice. It was not just 
very cold. It was bollock shrinking, cock withering, freezing cold. And the only place colder than the wind tunnel in the alley between the school gate and my apartment was inside my apartment. I still couldn't close the window as the school's internet depended on the cable strung across the alley. But at least when it snowed, I could scoop up the snow drifts from the sofa and pack them into the gap on the window ledge, which stemmed the gale somewhat. And it was handy to keep the beer nice and cold when I could find decent beer. There'd been a drought of European ales. I hadn't seen any for a few weeks and was so concerned that I'd yelled at a woman in the supermarket. Me will dog will pijo. Buhau, hem buhau. Meaning there's no German beer, that's not good, that's very bad. After storming out of the supermarket, I had two thoughts. Firstly, I'd spoken Mandarin without thinking about it first. And secondly, the poor woman wasn't wearing a Su Guo uniform, so she probably didn't work there. It was just too bitterly frosty to be naked in my apartment. I could not bear to be bare, so would step into the hot shower still dressed, strip when I had warmed up, and throw the wet clothes through the open door into the waiting washing machine, which was in the living room for some reason. Then I'd close the door so the bathroom would fill up with steam and get dressed again in the mist before the heat faded away. The only time my shower produced very hot water was mid-afternoon, and that was only sometimes. Basically, if anybody in China turned their tap on, then I was out of luck. I'm referring to mainland China, so if you're listening in Hong Kong or Taiwan, don't blame yourselves. The beer drought had led to a shopping trip to Singpu, which was quite the adventure. After classes one day, I trudged through the snow to the north bus station rather than wrangle with an uncomprehending cabbie. The ticket was only 12 yuan, about $2, and took over an hour, so around half the price, but twice the time, of the kamikaze taxis. Also, the kami cabs took you to where you wanted to go, but the bus let me out at a terminal I'd never seen before. Still, I started off confidently in a randomly chosen direction. When some blokes playing pool on a table in the middle of the street laughed at me and called out, Where are you going? I didn't answer, because I didn't know. I aimlessly wandered for a couple of hours, found a nice big park, which was ruined by a giant TV screen in the central plaza with a huge woman singing Chinese opera and scuttled out of earshot immediately. I crossed several main roads, which were very wide, with the centre two lanes reserved for rapid transit bus routes so commuters can avoid traffic. On one side of these special buses, it said BRT, which must have stood for Bus Rapid Transit or something. But on the other side, it says T-R-B. On every bus, they mirror-imaged the letters, 
I imagine they thought it looked neater, but TRB doesn't mean anything. That infuriated me. I walked on until I recognised an intersection and then followed the directions Irish John had given me to find Walmart. But as soon as I walked inside, I was ushered outside again by two security types. It was about 5pm, but this place wasn't closing. It was closing down. Shelves were bare, whole sections were dismantled, crowds of Chinese were surging over bargain bins of random products all dumped in together. It was when someone found the bargain they were looking for in someone else's shopping trolley instead of the bin that a loud altercation took place and the security types headed over there giving me the chance to slip in and locate the booze department. I was studying the whiskies for forgeries when my arm was gripped and a large security guard started dragging me towards the door. I smiled, nodded politely and waited until he trusted me enough to let go and then doubled back when he wasn't watching. Next time he brought a friend and they each propelled me by an elbow out the exit. But I wasn't done yet. So when a staff member popped out a side door, I got to it before it slammed shut. Unfortunately, I towered over everybody else, so was easily spotted. This time he brought more friends. Two pulled my arms and two pushed my back. But we went down a different aisle on the way out and passed several cans of Apostle Black. I dug in my heels and firmly pronounced or Walder, my beer, which, surprisingly, got a big laugh. A really big laugh. They then helped me load the nine remaining cans into my backpack before throwing me out the same side door I'd snuck in through. So I didn't even pay for them. Now that's a bargain. Typically, once my fridge and snowdrift were both stocked with decent beers, Suguo also restocked their shelves with three brands of German beers. Wunderbar! But probably nothing to do with my aggressive alcoholic outburst. Nonetheless, I did not wait through another week's shortage before trying it again and yelling at some passerby who may or may not have worked there. Summer had somehow once again persuaded me to trust her and the principal of the Ganyu Foreign Languages School when they both promised most sincerely that no student would further insult and enrage me. So I went back, and their promises seemed good. For an hour or so. And then... Your father! was yelled down at me from an upper balcony. And this time, it was from a girl, the first female participation. So that was progress. Again, I stormed out, and again I told Summer that I would never, ever, at any time, for any reason, teach at that school again. She replied, You don't like that school. I hate that school. Oh, she said. Hate? Okay, 
I will have you transferred to another Aston school to finish your contract. Now, she could have done that at any time before, but I'd been insisting that I liked Ganyu. I liked Ganyu Aston. I just hated the big school, which was about to go on holidays anyway, so turned out she had some time to find me a new position elsewhere. That was the birthday of Sean, the albino horn-swaggling Yankee. So he and I decided to make the trip to Sing Poo for a celebration. After Sean's obligatory trip to McDonald's, oy, we entered the Enjoy Bar and walked into a palpable silence. It was dead. Dead. Dead, do you hear me? I didn't care, they sold Guinness. And there was a bloke from Boston there called Jeremy, who greeted me by name. So I must have met him before. We had a fun conversation, Jeremy liked jokes. And he claimed he used to work at a tempura women's shelter for wives who were only lightly battered. Now that's his joke, not mine. Please address your complaints to Jeremy care of the Tempura Women's Shelter, Boston, Massachusetts. Sean wanted to try another bar he'd been told about, but I insisted on Enjoy Bar in the hope of seeing my gorgeous, green-haired Belarusian Alina. And sight was not the only sense I hoped to enjoy. A couple of hours in and several Guinness later, more foreigners had shown up, and things were trundling along nicely, when I suddenly and simultaneously felt warm lips on my cheek and hefty breasts on my arm. Twas Alina, delighted to see me and with more English at hand than last time. I miss you, she said. Too long, she said. I dance for you, she said indicating a gilded pole on the stage, smiling and bestowing another kiss upon me before sashaying into her dressing room, otherwise known as the ladies' loo. So it was Sean's birthday, but I was getting the presents. Sean and some of the other foreigners wanted to go to that different bar. Some said they'd seen her pole dance before, but I said... I was staying, and after a long 30 or 40 minute wait, she walked out into the still crowded bar in the skimpiest clothing. God, she was impressive, and what self-confidence. And the tattoos. Her amazing body was so covered in them. She may have been in the Russian mob. My favourite was a compass rose surrounding her navel. And I imagined how that would come in handy in certain confusing positions when I wasn't wearing my spectacles. Her music began and she strode up to the stage and mounted the pole, proceeding to make an idiot of Sir Isaac Newton with gravity-defying moves. I'm not kidding, she did things which I still swear were impossible. At one time, the only items connected to the pole were her ankles. One was right up high and one down low. 
Logically, she should have tumbled into a bundle of dilapidated disgrace, but instead, she reared up, gripped the pole, and raised her entire body to a 90-degree horizontal hold. My admiration must have been obvious, because one of the Americans said, Forget her, man. She'd break your dick off. However, I felt that was a chance I was prepared to take. Afterwards, as I ignored the dirty glare of her Chinese coach and told Alina how fantastic she was, there was more hugging, more kissing, and a whispered promise. Come tomorrow. Something special for you. (laughs) So I resolved to tell Summer that the only transfer I wanted was to Aston Singpu. In the next episode of Party in China, Christmas Approaches. Funny thing, I remember spending New Year's Eve in Shanghai, but as for that Christmas, all I can recall is my beautiful, green-haired, Belarusian, pole-conquering Elena. <laughs> I'm Party Pazler. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Party in China. For more, like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast at Audio Boom, Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com.